You're listening to the LifeWay Kids Podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, we want to let you know about our exciting new event that's coming this October. We're taking everything that you know and love about KMC, our kids' ministry conference, and we're expanding it to become Etch Family Ministry Conference. Etch stands for Equipping the Church and Home. We're planning a wide range of breakout sessions for you and your team members, featuring age-specific training for preschool, kids, preteen, and students, as well as combined sessions that are designed to help you get your whole team on the same page. It's going to be a great event, and we'd love for you and your whole team to be there. We're also lining up some incredible Nashville music to help you experience the sounds of our hometown right here in Nashville. Act fast as rates will increase on August 31st. Visit etchconference.com to get more details. That's E-T-C-H conference.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the LifeWay Kids podcast. I'm Jeffrey Reed with the LifeWay Kids team here in Nashville, Tennessee. And we are not at our normal location uh, in the LifeWay building. We're actually at the Music City Center, a beautiful conference center here at LifeWay. It's during our kids' ministry conference, so you may hear people in the background, people laughing. That's kids' ministry leaders having fun and uh, hanging out with each other. Of course, we'd love for you to come to our events, but you do get to listen to us now on the podcast. And I've got a, a guest with us today that's uh, been one of our presenters here at the conference this week, John Murkison. John, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me here. Uh, my name is John Murkison. I am the director of children's ministry at the Austin Stone. We are a church that's been around for 12 years, and in that time we've seen God's grace grow us from a small church of 120 uh, in a middle school to, to five campuses. And so it's been really neat to go from all stages of a church, small church plant through a larger environment, and now to multi-site and um, by God's grace learn along the way and uh, communicate the gospel to parents leaders, kids alike. Nice. Now you've had some great words for us uh, in, in our, your breakouts and other sessions. We talk a lot about what your church is doing and teaching your people to live missionally. Today is a really mm-hmm. practical podcast uh, that I want to talk about in, in regards to background screens and how sometimes they're not enough. Um, and it's a question that I, I wonder, why, why are parents willing to drop their kids off to people they hardly know on each Sunday? And, yeah. and furthermore, uh, do we know our leaders as well as we think? I'm just going to let you unpack uh, sure. some, some of those things. I know there are a lot of them um, we want to also address up front. Every state has yes. you know laws, and some of your insurance companies require certain things. Every ministry leader listening to this, listen, what we do with kids is, is incredibly important. We want to lead every kid to Jesus. But there are some things you have to take care of. If, if some of these things are missed... It could jeopardize everything else we're trying to do. I've been in my, in the past had experience with churches that were closed down because they did not have safe mm. procedures, didn't actually do anything wrong, but were accused of it and couldn't back it up with with really diligent work. So, man, I think you're going to help a lot of kids, ministry leaders. And again, I can't compel anybody listening enough to just tune in and can and, and write down any questions you have. Uh, in fact, we we'd be more than happy to interact after this pod step podcast you can get in touch with anybody at the lifeway kids team to maybe help you with some of your questions so i would love for you this is a simple podcast i have one question for you will you please unpack for us some components of successful screening for for volunteers i think you have five or so well i'm i'm glad that you that you invited them to interact with us and i want to add myself to that at the end we'll share my twitter handle you can reach out to me i'd be glad to answer any questions but that said 
like Jeff pointed out, every state is different. Everyone has different laws. I am not a lawyer. I'm not an insurance representative. You should check with your executive pastors and your legal counsel before you make any changes or additions. My whole goal here is to raise awareness. Here's here's the story behind this breakout. Hey, let me bring some, because yeah. you mentioned something. They're thinking, well, we don't have an XP. You oh, might good, have good. somebody in a small church, but here's, here's a caution. People in small church feel like they're safe because totally. they know everybody. But as we know and as we're learning in our culture, you can know someone for a long time, but there may be something there you don't know about. So these words are for everybody, no matter how large your church is. So where, whenever you hear stories of something horrible happening, of a sexual abuse case happening, what's the common phrase you hear on the news? He was such a nice guy. I never thought that that would happen. Uh, why, why could that happen? So just thinking you're a small church, you know everybody, is not going to get by. That's why I wanted to do this breakout. We're part of a church planning network. And I talk to a lot of church planners, children's pastors, or usually a volunteer helping start the church. And they're always asking about curriculum and volunteers and all that stuff. And I'm glad to share all of that. But then I'll ask them, what have you done for child safety? And their response is, oh, we do background checks. We're good, right? And uh, that's what I unpack what I'm about to pack for you here. And I I, I appreciate you. I know you're going to give us some raw stats and numbers that make some people uncomfortable. But they're statistics that we want to share that hopefully will compel somebody to take some good measures. Right. Um, these, I, I looked up just on the Department of Justice's website. They have a National Sex Offender Public website that has a lot of good information on it. But these are current stats that I looked up just before this conference. Um, one out of every six boys and one out of every four girls, approximately, will be uh, sexually abused before the age of 18. Oh, goodness. Um, and so I'll give you a moment to do the mental math for your ministry, and that's heartbreaking chances there for the, the definition of that. Um, so it is a real problem. It's not something we can say, oh, yes, it's out there, but that happens to somebody else. It probably happens more frequently and more common than, than you think it does. And the background screens are a good tool. If anybody leaves this podcast thinking, John Merkison said background screens weren't enough, so I'm not going to do them. I failed you. That's great. That's low-hanging fruit. There are people who have been convicted, and they're on the list, and you need to check and make sure they're not on the list, right? But another stat from this website is that only 30% of incidents are reported. At least 70% of incidents that aren't reported, and so those people aren't going to show up on a background screen. They aren't going to show up on a national sex offender registry. They're still out there um, trying to hurt kids. I mean, let's take a step back. Let me put this in perspective of the meta narrative. I've presented some pretty raw stats, and if you've never heard that, you're probably reeling from it. Um, in the grand narrative of Scripture, there was creation, God said everything was good, there was a fall. Sin came and affected everything. We're, by nature, children of wrath. We um, are sinners from our from birth, and um, everyone is sinned. There's no one righteous, no, not one. This is what Paul says in Romans, right? Everyone is flawed. Everyone has a closet with stuff in it. Correct. Everyone has desires that were given to us that were good that have been twisted. Both desires, um, normal desires to work and to serve other people and all those things. Those get twisted by sin. Sexual desire gets twisted as well. Um, for most people, for a lot of people, that means just monogamy is not enough, and our twisted sexual desire desires other relationships, desires to look at pornography, desires to seek extramarital or premarital relationships. For some, that desire has been twisted such that they are sexually attracted to children. Yeah. Um, not all of these people are monsters. I actually heard a podcast once, uh, this American Life podcast, where they had... 
man had called in and they wanted to interview him with a distorted voice and anonymously because he had, to his own horror, discovered once he grew out of childhood, he was still attracted to children and he was living a life trying to abstain from that, right? Yeah. So there are those who have these desires who are trying to live away from them, but there are those who have given into those desires yeah. and are seeking to meet those desires. <clears throat> Sadly, your church is a very attractive place for them to go yeah. because there's usually a low bar to get in and we're usually begging for volunteers, right? We are always yeah. have open spots. We're always trying to fill them. And so when they're trying to get access to kids, trusted time alone, they're looking at perhaps your ministry, <clears throat> and they're going to try to be your best volunteer ever. They're going to try to ingratiate themselves to you to get you to trust them so that they can have trusted time alone with kids. You're freaking every kids' ministry leader out right now. So unpack. So let me what help we, how, what how I can help um, before we run out of time here. <clears throat> Basically, the thing I would do is get educated. There is There are indicators for people who want to harm kids in this way. They're not the ones you normally think. They don't look like the boogeyman or anything. But there are certain indicators, things like they're attracted to a certain age and gender of child. The fact that they will try to ingratiate themselves to you. These types of things are things you can look for in your screening process. So get educated. There's a great book out there uh, called On Guard by a man named Reju, R-E-J-U. Okay, we'll Um, put a link to that on the page for this podcast. So you can get educated on that. You can Google. There's sexual abuse awareness websites and services out there you should get educated on. But what you really need to do is, as a children's minister, there's five things you should do. Uh, and I don't know how much time we have, Jeff, so let me know. If you're you have five seconds. Really? No, you have. <laughs> just t- you, you this me? is important. Let, even if this cool. podcast is longer than our normal 12 to 15, let's just hear these five points. Five, five points and things you can do to keep those who want to harm kids out of your ministry. Uh, number one, like I said, get educated yourself. So that when they go through your initial screening process, usually an application, and I recommend a one-on-one interview with a trained volunteer, whoever's doing, whoever is the gatekeeper for your kid's ministry, whether it's just you or you have a team, get trained in what these characteristics of an abuser are so you can identify them and screen them out. And let me encourage you, be bold in this. Uh, I think you would rather keep out 100 passionate volunteers who you had a, something weird for lunch that day and so they gave you a weird feeling uh, and you're wrong just to keep out the one person who does want to hurt kids. So get trained on those things. Pray that you're able to discernment. discernment. And then yeah. if you sense something is off, tell them there's room in the parking team for them. Yeah. Because there probably so, is. Sometimes our desire to fill spots and get volunteers can override uh, that sense. And some and you pray, ask God for the Holy Spirit yes. to convict you and, and give you discernment because he wants to do that, I know. And he will. So, yeah. They're, they have, since I've been talking on this at conferences, I've had people come up to me and say, you know what, I, had, I wish I'd had this before because there's a guy we interviewed and I knew something was off, but I couldn't tell what it was, so I put him in ministry, and now I see he's doing all these things. And I want to tell them, if you know it's off, listen to the Holy Spirit's discernment in you and tell them, no, what's the worst thing that can happen? They're not going to leave the faith. They might get mad at you. I can handle that to protect kids. Um, yeah. If they are Christians and they aren't trying to hurt kids and you're just wrong, it's not the end of the world, but it can be have big consequences if you let people in you should. Yeah. So that's number one, get trained. Number two, have policies in your church, especially if you're a small church, you may be functioning without these. You need to get a good policy document. The book we'll put a link to has some great resources on that. But not only have policies, make sure they're known and followed. Uh, one of the things our church has been guilty of in the past is we've had a good policy document. Things like Volunteers should never be alone with kids. They yeah. should always have another volunteer Two in place. In every room. Um, bathroom policies. How appropriate touch and not appropriate touch for kids. These types of things should yeah. all be outlined in your policies. But if that policy document just sits on a shelf somewhere and nobody knows it, you've got policies, yeah. then 
does you no good. Every single volunteer has to know those yes. things. So if one doesn't, you just you've opened yourself to, to yeah to consequences. So a lot of places I know send the policies and have you sign a document that that says that you've read it. That's better than that's good. That's at least something that shows that they've at least told you they've read it. I think you can do in person trainings to go through them, which are good. Even if you set up a video training through um, like Ministry Grid or something like that where you outline your policies and have them watch a video track, that's great. There's a difference between covering our bases and protecting our kids. Having someone sign the document might keep you legally safe, from Correct. It, but it doesn't protect the kids. You want them to read it and understand it. And to actually acknowledge that, hey, I've will, I I've heard and I will obey these. And not just yes. legally cover, but that they actually know it. So. And to feel like that somebody's watching me to see if I obey these. They, you know, Every leader should feel that. Correct. And that person will stay away from a, a place where they know people are the, watching. The more, well, I was going to get to this later, but I'll say it now. The more sorry, like barriers, no, that's fine. Sometimes. No, no big deal. I'm glad. It's more, better, better a dialogue than a monologue. I can get tired of my own voice personally. Um, the more things you can put in place that show a potential abuser that we're covering our bases, we're looking for you, the more likely they are to go, some, to go elsewhere, to not, to not bother with it. And I know some people are hesitant about that. We're, we're in such need of good volunteers. You don't want to create too many barriers. And I think that can, that is a risk that you lose some people along the way. But let me posit that that's maybe not your best volunteer if an extra training or an extra step in the intake process keeps them out. Perhaps they weren't going to stick with you for long haul anyway. Uh, but more importantly is every parent I've had that has gone through our system thanks me. Mm-hmm. They know that we do a lot to keep our kids safe and they're thankful for that. And they go evangelize about our church uh, and about to, to their friends. Say, Hey, bring your kids. I know they're safe because I had to go through all this stuff to get in. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, absolutely. So don't be scared of more steps. I think that's good. And if somebody opts out, then, then I think it's okay to let them go. Yeah. Um, so, so number one, get trained yourself on abusers. Uh, number two, have policies that are known and enforced. Number three, do a background screen. Number four, do reference checks. I think, most applications ask for them. Uh, actually, send an email or make a phone call. It doesn't take that long. You can even automate the process. And I would encourage you to have one of those references be a family member because no one knows you like your family, like your brother or your sister. I think you can find someone, no matter who you are, who talks good about you, a friend, a neighbor, even a previous boss. If there's something going on that's not right, your family knows about it. And uh, just that question, should they be trusted with kids? Yeah. And abuser would have a hard time finding a family member to vouch for them on that. So that's references number four. And number five, this one is um, an extension of the first one where I say get trained yourself. I recommend that you train as many volunteers as you can on the risks of sexual abuse for kids and the characteristics and profile of a potential abuser. And here's why. Whether that's a live training or you find a service online, they have them out there where you can subscribe to videos or send videos out to your, your team to watch them. That does two things simultaneously. One, every volunteer who hears this information is compelled to protect kids. Mm-hmm. So now you have a full team of people on the lookout. And not only that, if they have kids of their own, you've just given them extra training for their home life, for their sports teams, for their schools to look for that. So that's yeah. just wow, a blessing to them, that's right? Good work. <laughs> um, number two, if you are a potential abuser, you know that everyone's looking for you. Yeah. And you're going to go somewhere else. So I think it's worth the time to train people. And on nobody listening now wants to be that somewhere else. 
No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Listen, uh, I, you, that's uh, this is amazing. I'm telling you, this is a, this is a uh, incredibly practical, useful, compelling uh, podcast, and I hope everybody takes it from covering your bases or letting the background check be the end. I'm covered to that's the start. Like, yeah, take care of that. That's the starting point. Everything else that you, you've got to go more than covering your bases to truly protecting every single child in your ministry. Let me take it back to our mission. Like at the beginning you said, why are people trusting us with their kids? They, they walk in, you have that 30 second interaction or whatever at the, at the front door mm-hmm. and they're not convinced based on that 30 seconds to trust you with their kids. They're trusting you based on the fact that they're just trusting you have covered your bases. They're trusting the reputation of your church. They're trusting the reputation of Christ to have oh, powerful have done what your due diligence to protect the kids. Um, and so we need to do all we can to be worthy of that trust, that respect, to protect the reputation of Christ and of our church. Um, not just so we have all our bases covered, like you said, for the protection of the kids and for the reputation of Jesus. Uh, wow. Paul says in Acts 20, he's talking about dangers to the church. Uh, he says to pastors, leaders of the church, pay careful attention to the flock because Jesus paid for it with his blood. And wolves are going to come. They're going to teach bad doctrines. They're going to try to attack the church. And so we need to be alert. And so that's my call to your, our listeners today. Uh, maybe you're, you haven't thought about any of this. Maybe you've done a whole lot. My plea to you is go learn more about how to keep kids safe and ask God what next step are you going to take to protect the kids for reputation of your church and for the name of Christ. Awesome. And uh, if you're listening and you want to get, uh, we'll put a link to that book uh, uh, that you can uh, go check out. And uh, you can definitely um, connect with John uh, via yes. Twitter. Um, and it is John Merck. Uh, that is the handle J-O-H-N-M-U-R-K. And uh, if you want to check out the church, the great church, the Austin Stone in Austin, Texas, is like the Europe of the West. <laughs> it's like a little European I've Mecca. I've never heard that, but we'll take it. European yeah. Mecca in, in Texas. It's a great city, though. Uh, thank you so much for being here, John. Uh, my name is uh, Jeffrey Rude, Life with Kids Team. We want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, we love you, love that you serve kids, and we are always praying that God will use you in ways bigger than you can imagine to reach more kids and families than you ever thought possible with the hope of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening today. Thank you for listening to the Lecker Kids podcast. Don't forget to visit etchconference.com to learn more about our exciting new family ministry conference that's happening here in Nashville, October 3rd through 5th. The rates will go up on August 31st, so be sure to register as quickly as possible to lock in the lowest rate. Once again, information is available at etchconference.com, E-T-C-H conference.com. We look forward to seeing you here in Nashville for Etch.